0: This is B2B Radio, featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth.
1: All right, welcome to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. We are brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus helps you unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. CPI creates customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. All right. Well, this week I got good news. I got bad news. Um, the good news is we're going to uh, cover a topic that I know will hit home with a lot of you guys. The bad news is you're stuck with me because of it's a solo show. No guests. Um, so... We are going to talk about employee incentives. And more specifically, we're going to talk about using those incentives to not only help increase your revenue and your profits, but also loyalty amongst your employees and then, therefore, your employee retention. So, those are the things we're going to talk about here. And, I, you know, a lot of times when I bring up this topic of incentives and offering incentives to employees, I'm met with a lot of disdain. Not disdain is probably the wrong word. Um, uh, a lot of owners say, I I, I can't afford it. Um, I'd love to be able to give incentives to my employees, but I just can't afford it. And I have a little bit of a different approach to that. And in a lot of cases, um, I can flip that around and say, you can't afford not to do that. Um, and I'll explain some of that a little bit here. But the idea with, um, I like to have performance-based incentives. And it's very important, right? So you, what you want to do is you want to have incentives that are, Um, are a win-win. They're helping the business as well as helping the employee, and it gets them to act the way you want them to act. And I mean that in a business sense. Um, The primary reasons that it's important is you want your employees, and everyone's heard me mention this before, you want your employees to think like owners. Well, how do you get them to think like owners? You're not there all the time. Um, You can't be on the front lines. More than likely, you're not on the front lines with all of your employees. And so how do you get them when you're not around to think more like owners? And performance-based incentives is one way to do that. So I'm going to walk you through some of those. Um, I'm going to give you some examples towards the end of the show here of um, real-life examples of businesses I've worked with and how we've implemented them and some of the results we saw because it really is uh, it's a, it's a game-changer. It really is. Because think about this. You've got someone, let's say, who... um answers the phone for you and and maybe is like a receptionist type person when you're not there and they're having a bad day and you know, they're, you know, they're an okay employee, let's say, how do you keep them motivated to keep going um, and to do a good job? And, 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 you know, think about that position is the face of your business. So how do you make sure that they always have that sort of mentality and they're representing your business the way you want them to represent your business? And again, performance-based incentives is one way to do that. And if you give it enough thought, almost any position, you can create incentives that are at least at a minimum mostly performance based. And again, we'll talk through some of those examples um, as we get get into this. But you know there's a lot of obvious examples. Um, you know, when you're making widgets and you have a manufacturing company, for example, you know the the production uh, of your guys or your girls that are working back there. You know, you can set targets and if they exceed, et cetera, et cetera, those are the easy things. Um, and those are the things that are a lot, um, uh, I guess, more direct um, and not as difficult to sort of think through the impact of those and how that can make a difference. Because in in a production type environment, I, you know, I I would estimate that a third of production companies, and it might even be a little bit higher than that, have some sort of performance based incentives in place. So what I mean by that is a third or more of your competitors already do that. So that's not going to give you well, it will over I guess two thirds of them that way, looking at it that way, over your competitors as far as offering a benefit to your to employees that they can't get elsewhere within your industry. And that's one of the key pieces of this is um, you know, some of the examples I'm going to tell you is, you know, as and again, I'll tease this a little bit. We'll talk about it more than likely um, during this third segment. But, you know, I'm going to give you an example on a uh, remodeling company. Um, and so how the heck do you do that, right? Um, uh, a medical practice um, for the front office people in a medical practice. Um, and then I'm going to give, also give you an example of a salon owner that we worked with. And it's not what you think. It's not, well, bring in X dollars and, you know, you get to keep some of it or whatever. And again, those are ways you can do that. But one of the critical, absolute critical things, if you take nothing else from this show, please remember whatever you incent, you will get a lot of it. Repeat after me whatever you incent, you will get a lot of it. And I saw this even in my corporate world when I, during my corporate life, when I was working in the corporate world, we would, and I had to, you know, great experience of putting together a lot of incentive plans in that um, in that realm, and you know, we swung and missed um, a fair amount of times, frankly, because what anything that'll impact someone's pocketbook, they're going to figure out how to that can med- benefit them the most. And I don't mean this to sound like they're trying to do something nefarious or, or unethical, but people will look at an incentive plan and figure out how can I maximize what I'm getting paid here. And in some cases, you may look at that as they're doing something that's not what you want them to do, so you're thinking, oh my gosh they're they're skirting the system, they're going around the, they're coming in the back door here, and that's not what we want." Well, it's not their fault. You have to make sure that the way you you know structure your plan is getting is going to drive the results that you want Again, we're going to talk through some examples of that and how to make sure how to close those gaps and make sure you know you're not. Um, incenting behavior that you do not want. You want to make sure you're incenting behavior that you want, of course. Um, So we've got about two minutes left here before we're going to take a break, but I wanted to talk about a couple of things that what having performance-based incentives do. So if you structure them correctly, um, the first thing it should do is increase revenue. And again, there's a lot of different varieties of that and how to uh, incent that. But more importantly, is you want to make sure that it's structured in such a way that it not only increases revenue, but it increases your bottom line. What I mean by that is if what you're incenting brings ten dollars of revenue in the door, but it costs you twelve dollars for the plan, it's costing you $12 or $2 net, right? $10 in the door, $12 out for the incentive. So you want to make sure that it's it's driving that $10 in the front door, but you're not paying out all $10. And that is a way that I talk about with business owners that you can afford a performance-based incentive plan because if you structure it correctly, I keep saying that, but it's very, very important, that $10 that gets brought in the door, you're sharing, figure out what that percentage is. It's 10%, it's 20%. So let's say it's 20%. If they're bringing in an additional $10 of something, and it can't be just uh, run-of-the-mill, business-as-usual type of revenue that they're bringing in the door. It has to be something extra. But that extra $10 they bring in, You're keeping eight of it, and you're giving them two. Um, And think about it as an employee, that's another way that you can increase your paycheck. And so it's very important. But again, not you can't just drive revenue. That's one of the pitfalls: is you structure a plan and it brings more money in the front door, but because you haven't the, the the payout on it is such, you actually are decreasing your bottom line, or it's a push, not good. Um, all right, so I'm going to go ahead and stop there. So we've got about uh, – we're going to head into a break here, I should say. I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. So come back after the break. We're going to talk through, again, more of what kind of results you can expect and what it, you can expect it to drive. We'll talk about some of the musts to have. And, of course, we'll talk about examples in that third segment. But come back after the break. We'll give the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. We'll dive right back into the topic. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Mr. Biz Tweets, and on LinkedIn at Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth. We will see you after the break.
0: Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's r-b-i-z-marketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbiz
1: Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. You are interested, please email us at info at mrbizsolutions.com. Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available.
0: To submit questions to the show, email them to Biz at mrbizsolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz.
1: All right. Welcome back to B2B Radio brought to you by Capital Plus. CPI removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full service credit and collections department. All right, so it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. This one is short, simple, and anyone who listens to the show regularly has heard me say it about, I don't know, 1.2 bazillion times. That's with a B and a Z. Uh, cash flow's king. So I end every show with that, and it's critically important to every single business, uh, big businesses, medium, small, all of them. Um, and so how can I not have that is at least one of the Mr. Biz Tips of the Week. So easy one this week. All right, so let's get back into talking about performance-based incentives for your employees and some of the things you can expect with that. So we talked, you know, what I mean by that during the segment, first segment, and I want to talk a little bit more about what implementing these can do for your business. So we talked about increasing revenue, but more importantly, making sure that it is uh, positive to the bottom line. Another thing, and I started to touch on it at the end of the last segment, is loyalty. So if you're in an industry where workers typically are not paid any type of incentive and you do think about what advantage that provides you because you're, you're, you're providing your employees an additional way to increase their pay that they can't get down the road at one of your competitors if they left. And so driving that loyalty, um, they see that you care. They see that you're trying to help them make more money. Now, of course it's a win win because you're helping them make more money, but in the process of them doing that, they're helping the business because, as we just talked about uh, previously, it's going to be positive to the bottom line of the company. When you have loyalty, you're also going to increase your employee retention. Again, using that exact same example, if you do something and you provide an additional, uh, call it a revenue stream, additional salary opportunity, um, what have you, that your competitors in your industry do not provide, your employees are going to be a lot less likely to leave you, right? Because they have opportunities with you that they can't get somewhere else. So it's very important. And it's, I'll tell you, it's super powerful. And again, when we talk through some of these examples, you'll see um, exactly what I mean and how powerful it really is. Um, here, So let's talk about some of the musts. So I keep telling you, you got to make sure that you structure it right. If you don't, you know, whatever you incent, you're going to get a lot of. And so some of the things are very important. So again, You want to make sure that it's driving revenue. And it could be an indirect revenue driver. So again, using that simple example I mentioned or alluded to earlier in manufacturing where they're producing uh, more widgets per hour, more widgets per eight-hour shift, what have you. Of course, that doesn't directly lead to revenue, but indirectly it does because now you have more widgets to sell. You don't have to... Your production and your efficiency per employee is higher. So let's say... If your employees uh, produce on average ten widgets per eight hour shift per person, and you need to in- increase production because you've got more volume coming in, more sales volume, you don't need to hire someone if you increase that production. So now, if everyone's doing twelve, um, you, you know you don't have to hire people as quickly. So that is not directly uh, directly attributable to revenue, but it does help the bottom line because you don't have to bring on that additional body for another ten widgets because your five employees have each increased their production by two each, right? You follow me on the math there. So those two additional widgets per eight hour shift times five people, that's your 10 widgets that you needed to produce In addition. You don't have to hire anyone new for that. You're not paying overtime or anything like that. They just increase their efficiency. And so that's a way that you can do that that's, you know, not directly attributable to revenue, which again, when I see the most, uh, uh, the most prevalent way I see that performance-based incentives fail is they only focus on revenue. That's why I'm continuing to emphasize that point, is it has to be beneficial to the bottom line. And so I mentioned this earlier, but one way to do that is to make sure that whatever the the activity that you're incenting is, whatever that's bringing in or helping save you, you're providing a percentage of that. And you can literally make this structure the plan. So it's exactly that. So for example, what I mentioned earlier, that additional 20% production that your warehouse workers are doing, producing widgets, they went from 10 to 12, that's a 20% increase, right? So you figure out what the bottom line impact of that is on the company. And what you do is you pick a percentage and you literally treat that as sort of a pool and you give a percentage of that back to those workers. And so let's say um, you're going to give them 20% back and they that you calculated that is $1,000. So you're going to give them $200 of that $1,000. you are going to keep the business 800 it's still very beneficial for you. Um, you. Again, you're keeping 80% of this benefit. And again, I'm just making up 20%. You can give them 50% if you wanted to. And in some cases, that does make sense. Um, but that is a way to do that and make sure that it is a win-win situation. That's how you motivate people. If you have a structure, and let's say using that same example, if they increase their production and they're kicking butt and they're working a lot harder for you and you say, I'm going to give you a whole 1.5% of what I save. Think about that as uh, put it yourself on the other side and think about that from the employee perspective. So I'm busting my butt and I'm really pouring everything I have into this job and you're going to keep 98.5% of the benefit that I'm providing you and I get 1.5%. Well, not a very good deal, right? um so you got to make sure that it is a win win and they see it as such and and that you're sharing those with them because that's that again that's what's going to be what motivates them and the bottom line is if you structure it correctly you're going to have them thinking like owners because they're going to say hey if we can get to this level so again if you got to get to that you know above 10 widgets per 8 hour um shift you know you're working continuously and it's a motivator every single day If you get less than 10, you get nothing, right? You get paid your wage, but there's no bonus. If you get above it on any given day in this example, that's when the bonus kicks in. So it motivates people every single day. It's not in this example. It's not just that if you like sales commissions, a lot of times you have to bring in a certain amount of money. And let's say, I don't make it up. It's $10,000 a month you have to bring in. And once you bring in more than that, you get a a one-time fixed bonus of, I don't know, whatever, Five hundred bucks. Well, what happens, and this is one, an example of a poorly structured plan, is that worker gets to ten thousand, that salesperson gets a ten thousand and one dollar in sales for the month. They get their five hundred dollar bonus. Well, maybe it's the fifteenth of the month. They got two more weeks left, but there's nothing further that they can earn because the the plan stinks, right? It's capped at five hundred bucks. Once I earn my five hundred dollars, there's nothing for me to do. Now you can hope that people are going to do the right thing and keep you know plugging away. But, you know, everyone has lulls, uh, they have periods of being unmotivated. Well, in that case, I've already earned my $500. How unmotivated are they going to be if they're having a bad day? Eh, I'm going to take a little bit of an extra long lunch. I may come in a little bit late. I might leave a little bit early. Things like that, not good. So you want them thinking like ownership. So again, one of the things you got to make sure is that there aren't loopholes like that, I'll call them, to where they lose incentive on a particular day, week, month, year, uh, if they've gotten, you know, a salesperson, they have an annual goal and they get through August and they've earned their annual goal. Well, now what do they do? Um, so you want to make sure that you structure it. So, and again, it has to be um, bottom line beneficial to the company, but maybe there's a kicker as you get over a certain percentage. So maybe they get, I don't know, 2% of a certain, the first 10,000, they get 3% of the next 10,000, 4% and so on and so on. Again, you have to do the math and calculate and make sure it makes sense, but that is a way to keep people really, really striving so that if they land a big account in the first part of the month, they're not going to say, oh, I'm mailing in, I got my 500 bucks. They're going to say, gosh, if I keep going, I can get 4%, not 2%. Um, so using that as an example is very, very critical to make sure that it's not only bringing that revenue in, but it's driving those profits and increasing your employee loyalty and then, of course, your retention because um, you're, you've got that going for you. So. We're up against the break here. We're going to come back, and finally, I'm sure you've been waiting, I'm going to give you some examples of how we've implemented this and how it has worked um, so you can maybe frame it in your mind a little bit better. So join us after the break on B2B Radio.
0: Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at Tritraction are here to help. Tritraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at Tritraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth.
1: Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available.
0: Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to b b Radio.
1: And again, this week we're talking about how to use incentives to increase profits, loyalty, and employee retention. We've gone through several different uh, uh, reasons why to do it, what you should expect from it. And so now during this last segment, I want to give you some real-life examples of how we've been able to make this work in businesses that may be similar to yours. So um, the first one I'm going to mention is a remodeling company. So they do construction, um, small, s- small projects construction-wise, mostly remodeling. And so in this particular case, it was a uh, small company. He's got three permanent guys. He subs out a lot of work. And we started talking about some of his risk. So two of his three guys, he literally said, if I lost either one of these two, I would be like really in trouble. Um, My business would come to a screeching halt. He had gotten to the point where he was no longer on the front lines. He was no longer swinging a hammer every day. He was running his business. He was doing the business development. He was out doing estimates for projects and things like that. So think about it. If one of those guys leave and they're that critical to the success of the business, that's going to pull the owner back into the front lines and taking one of their places. Well, now who does the business development? Now who does the estimates? Well, without business development estimates, there's no future business. So obviously very, very critical. And for any of you uh, that are in that industry or that business, you know that workers are very transient. They all, you know, a lot many of them talk with each other. And if they can make, you know, a little bit more money to, down the street, then they likely will do that. So you have to make sure that you're, Treating them well, you're compensating them fairly, et cetera. And one of the ways we were able to do that was something that's a little bit innovative, I think, and out of the box. And again, it was wildly successful. So um, we he would do an estimate for a job. And for example, we would uh, use a simple example. Let's say that the cost of that job, labor and materials, was going to be $1,000. What he would tell his guys, his, his lead foreman, was, if you can do this job without sacrificing quality for less than a thousand dollars, I'll split the difference with you. So if you can do it for eight hundred dollars, you keep a hundred, I keep a hundred. Now it sounds simple, but most of his jobs are bigger than just a thousand dollars. They were talking, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar jobs. So that can add up quickly. Now the key here is you can't compromise quality. Now that's a little bit subjective, um, and so you got to make sure. You know that when you're implementing this, that you don't get in an argument with your employee about, well, this quality stinks, and no, it doesn't, and you don't want to have that, right? So, as best you can, you want to make things black and white, um, not gray. But in this instance, he's these guys have been with him for a good while. They have an idea, and they know exactly what type of quality he expects. Um, But there are things that are that happen out in the field that they can do. They see those things every day, and some ways they they may be able to cut back on things and make them a little more efficient and they are going to, wait for it, think like owners. For example, they measure a job and they say, hey, it's going to take me 100 square feet of materials. Well, they go out to to buy it and they go, ah, we're going to have some waste here. Ah, it's going to make it a little more tougher to cut this. Let's just buy, instead of a 10% extra, which we normally have, let's buy 20% extra. So I buy 120 square feet. Well, that's additional cost of the business, right? So in those instances... They're going to say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to buy 20% more. I only need five because I'm going to do this really well and I'm going to have minimal waste because I know this. I've done this type of job several times, et cetera, et cetera. So that is a way to incent them. Now what happened was one of the things we were trying to do with this particular business was he wanted to expand and he was handcuffed because he could not find enough good people. Well, what happened was (laughs) as we implemented this, his guys were super happy. Um and not leaving and you don't have to worry about any of that any transition or you know replacing them. What happened was he would show up to a site to to uh, one of the projects to inspect the work, and you know he's got his his branding on his truck, which you should have as well and, and that type of thing. And what happened is people from other companies would stop, see his truck, and know how he does he does this, and they'd say, "Hey, do you need anybody? Because if you need someone." you need to give me a call because I'm really interested in working for you because I can tell you care about your employees. You care about your guys. I want to work for someone like you. And by the way, I can make more money working for you because of this, you know, this incentive plan you have. So he was able to, not only he saved money, he had happier current employees, but we were able to expand quickly and with good people. So now he's got a list of a waiting list of employees that want to work for him and he can pick and choose the best the cream of the crop to ensure that he continues to have high quality product he maintains his reputation things like that so was super powerful for that business um we've only got about four minutes i want to go through two more examples so i'll try to speed through these um um bear with me but so a medical practice um it was a specialist And they were not processing their referrals. So they get referrals, of course, from primary care physicians. So let's say you go in, you've got your your ankles hurting, you go see your primary care, and they say, hey, you need to go see um, a specialist, and they refer you. Now, are you not going to go see that specialist that your primary care sent you to? Of course you're going to go. So these referrals are like gold for a specialist um, MD. Well, what was happening is the front office workers were not calling these people, these referrals that they would get. They were not calling them in a timely fashion. As a matter of fact, I found a stack of almost 30 of them, and some of them were a month old. Now think about what happens. You go to your doctor. the scenario I laid out. Primary care refers you. You don't hear from the specialist. How long do you wait? Now keep in mind, your ankle's killing you, right? You wait a day, two days, maybe three days, probably not even that long. You call back your primary care. You say, these jokers have never called me. I don't want to go there. Where else can I go? You've just lost that referral, and by the way, now you've ticked off the primary care physician, so he or she is probably not going to refer patients to you in the future because you're not taking care of their patients and you made them look bad. So we created an incentive for the front office workers to, every time they would process them, there was an SLA, a service level agreement, essentially, we created that They had to process those within 24 hours. Um, They had to call the person, make contact, et cetera, and we created an incentive plan for that. I saw it working um, in that I had, you know, I was in the office and one of the girls who was already off the clock realized she forgot to call one of the referrals and she jumped back on the phone to make the phone call even while she was off the clock. And I asked her why she did it. And she said, well, because I know that helps our bottom line. Well, the indirect reason is that helps bottom line, which also helps her incentive. Right. Um, So it was motivating her to that level that she, you know, off the clock decided to do that. I know it's just one phone call, but amplify that over an entire year. All right. One more quick example. So a salon. um, uh, There were 11 employees in this salon, all women, and eight of them were single moms. So she had uh, the owner uh, was a female, and she had the problem of, again, a transient industry. Women were leaving a lot. So how can I keep these women? I can't just pay them more and more and more, so how do I keep them? So just so happened, out of the box here, there were again. I mentioned eight of the workers were single moms. There was a daycare facility in the same uh, plaza as they were located. Went over, negotiated with the daycare facility so that the workers there could, of the salon, could take their children there at a discounted rate. It helped the the daycare because they stayed full. It helped the women; they didn't have turnover. And by the way, again, same thing happened. Word of mouth. Those people who worked at that salon told their friends who are also cosmetologists and the like and so now she has a waiting list of people waiting to get in so if she wants to expand she can pick and choose the cream of the crop again just like the former example and um, she's got super happy employees because this one simple benefit which by the way costs her nothing so we negotiated because she could help keep that daycare facility full they were willing to give that discounted rate with at to no cost to the owner so, no cost whatsoever, super happy employees, increased loyalty, increased, increased retention, increased profits because she didn't have turnover constantly and have empty chairs in her, in her salon. So, very powerful stuff here. Um, whew, take a big breath here. So, thanks for listening. We're, we're out of time here. Um, hopefully, I didn't run through those examples too fast, but again, Thanks for listening. Thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. You can find them at cpifunding.com or call them at 855-522-3951. Have a great week. Don't forget, cash flow is
0: king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.